Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Les Norman, and today we're digging in, asking questions, and listening to the answers, looking at what's going on in the world, as well as the response that we can have as believers and followers of Christ. And with us today is our very own Abundant Life lead pastor, Phil Hopper. Thanks for joining us. Good to see you. Glad to be here, Les. Excellent. Also, we have Dr. Bill White, an ophthalmic, plastic, and reconstructive surgeon, and Dr. Gary McEwen, who is a dermatologist. Doctors, welcome. Glad to have you here as well. Thanks. So, Doctor, we're, we're going to be talking about masks here in just a second, but for people that might be watching, can you explain why we're here wearing masks? I've asked that we wear masks because where I work, I'm exposed to COVID every day, and my chances of of uh, transmitting something and being asymptomatic or significant. And I don't want to be the reason that I take out Phil for a couple of weeks or whatever you. So it's just, just a precaution. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. And so since you're already on the topic, Dr. White, let's start with you and your professional opinion, what, this hot button topic, what is the effectiveness of wearing a mask? Uh, and, and, and they're very effective. You kind of have to back up a little bit for it to make sense. Right. Most lay people, when they look at healthcare professionals with masks, don't realize that the healthcare providers wearing a mask to protect the patient, not them. So you think about when, when, you, when somebody's uh, having surgery, we wear masks not to protect the surgeon, but to protect the patient. You have to think about that a little bit because it's, a lot of times people think that when they see somebody wearing a mask, they're protecting themselves. And with the type of mask that we've all got on, they don't provide any protection to us as individuals. They protect the other people that are around us. Um, for this particular issue with respect to COVID, um, when COVID first started, we had three different things that led to the decision to not suggest masks. And that's part of where all the confusion came from. You know, uh, theology or our canon, it's static. It's not going to change. Medicine or science is fluid. As you get information, it does change. They took the combination of thinking that uh, if they asked people to wear masks, we would have a mask shortage in healthcare, and that did happen, even though they didn't ask us to wear them. They thought that the virus was primarily contact transmitted, like a cold virus would, or the common cold would be. And they also didn't have pockets of hyperinfectivity. So the CDC initially said, we don't need to do that. And then they started collecting data, and they looked at places where the virus was going and how it broke out and it didn't match the type of infection you'd expect to see for contact transmitted disease. It was airborne. And so as they collect, collected more data, we did a little bit of investigation um, in the, uh, with the video, looking at what masks do for uh, particle transmission. And, and then the, then the, the uh, suggestion from the Center for Disease Control changed. And when it changed, that's really what kind of rocked the boat. Uh, they know in the lab, when they look at high-speed videography, that it takes a very simple mass to block the majority of the microparticulate micro that comes out of your nose and your mouth when you, uh, when you talk or when you sneeze or when you sing. And, and they also figured out that Six feet is about the distance that most droplets are going are to transmit, except for an aerosol, before it hits the ground. So step between about 20 microns and 200 microns in that range, which is a droplet big enough that you can see, it's going to be stopped almost completely by a mask. 
this smaller microparticulate between about 5 and 20 microns, some of that might get around it. Now, those are numbers we don't think about all the time, microns, but uh, the viruses are less than a micron, but the volume of virus that's going to be in one of those droplets is obviously proportional to how big it is. So with that information, together with the uh, contact tracing, figuring out this didn't transmit by contact, that it's an aerosol, the CDC changed course, and they asked us to wear masks. And then that's kind of what caused uh, the rub that we saw. Uh, Interesting. Uh, Dr. Dr. McEwen, um, there are different styles of masks, okay? There, there are people that will wear the, the masks that are the, the this are kind of around the neck. It's like the bandana type mask. Uh, you've got the, the different types where it's uh, like a, a work related mask, like for uh, someone that works with asbestos or works in sawdust or something like that. Um, are there particular types of masks? Are there styles of masks? What are the most effective masks that people should be wearing in order to, to maintain the best possible safety? Sure, and uh, better to have some masks than no mask at all. True, yeah. uh, so. There's different styles, and most of us have started to see these now. In fact, sometimes people are even getting fabric masks that match their clothing every day. So it's starting to uh, evolve. Um, you might notice that some people have on the bandana masks that go around the neck and uh, face. These are not quite as effective as a surgical mask, but they're recommending that the surgical mask be uh, worn by medical people in uh, clinics and hospitals. Uh, the uh, N95 mask is a very tight a respirator type mask that uh, adheres to your face uh, very firmly. Um, and that is meant for uh, high risk situations such as hospitals and emergency rooms and things. Uh, then also there's a cloth mask uh, similar to what you have on. And uh, cloth masks have been found to be very, very effective as well and are recommended for the community. Excellent. Uh, Dr. I'm going to go, Dr. White, I'm going to come back to you on this um, with, the, uh, with the mask. It seems like with the evolving times, as Dr. McEwen said, it becomes more of a fashion statement where people want to match their clothes and maybe the mask gets smaller or more sleek. Is there a perception that those masks will still be okay or are we sacrificing in society to add to style? Are we sacrificing safety or are the masks usually still pretty safe? As they, as they make these trends a little bit more available? The masks are pretty safe. The, we figured out, actually, and this is data just from last week from, from Duke's laboratory, that the multi-layered masks are incredibly effective. Masks that only have a single layer, like a neck gaiter or a bandana, sometimes they'll stop the big stuff, but they let the aerosol come through that single layer of fabric. So, and the CDC has changed that very quietly. It's like, it's been hard enough to get people to wear masks. I don't think they're gonna make a big push for that, but we figured out that the thickness of what you got is good, is it makes a difference. The masks that the healthcare providers wear are primarily, they have a polypropylene layer in them. And I don't think we, we, we don't need that out in, uh, in society. We just need people to wear something. The other thing we figured out last week is some people have masks that have a valve on them Okay, and the valve is an exhalation valve, and we figured out that the exhalation valves open when you exhale, and they allow the microparticulate to come out the valve, and it's pointed in the direction of the opening in the valve, which that's, that's relatively new. We didn't know that a couple of weeks ago. 
But it, see, it seems like with all these studies that a lot of this is evolving. We're finding and out it, information. It, it is. Kind of like at the beginning when we didn't know the, the numbers and shutting down this, shutting down that. It was like a daily change of what's going on. Masks are no exception. Yeah, and the, and the numbers are actually pretty, it, it's much more fascinating if you're not involved in it. But the, the numbers for masks actually show that the masks are more effective in reducing the spread of the virus than either testing or shutting down an economy. It's, it's like neither one of the latter two things. It, it makes a difference, but it's not statistically significant. And that's, that's global information. Look at it, 180 different countries, uh, pooling everybody's data that it does make a difference. It makes a significant difference. We've also got data from uh, what they call super spreader events, which uh, th this super spreader can either be the individual they're talking about or can, can be the event. Um, and a, some of them of note, one of them was in a, a choir practice in Washington. This was several months ago. Was, I think it was back in April. They had a choir rehearsal with 61 people and one person was infected. The choir rehearsal was a little over two hours long and they had over an 80% attack rate for people that were in that room where they were rehearsing and two of those people died. They had a, a, a birthday party that was outside of Houston in Texas. Before Houston lit up, they had 25 people. There was one person that was positive. 18 of those people caught the, the coronavirus. None of them thankfully died. But then we've got the flip side. And actually, one, one, of, the, one of the illustrations is actually here from, from Missouri that the CDC uses. Uh, those two famous hairstylists in Springfield, Missouri at Great Clips. Everybody else thought, you know, the Missouri was pretty backwards before. They really thought we were backwards then. The hairstylists were working, there two of them that were both COVID positive. They were minimally symptomatic, but they were working. But they were following the rules. They wore their mask. The CDC thought they were going to have a super spreader event then. So they came back in because those ladies had over 140 contacts between the two of them. But they were militant about wearing their masks. There were no infections that came from those wow. two ladies. Interesting. Zero. Very interesting. Well, on the other side of that, Pastor Phil, this is where I'm gonna bring you in here. There are a lot of people out there that feel like you can't force me to wear a mask. I don't wanna wear a mask or I'm asymptomatic or I don't care if I get it or there's, there's a lot of different topics out there. So what are your thoughts on censorship and mm -hmm. First Amendment rights, yeah. especially in relation to this? Well, this is partly why I wanted to have this podcast and talk about this less because it has become so deeply divisive uh, deeply uh, emotional, passionate uh, divide within the body of Christ. And even right now in the last 10 minutes, people watching this have been going, no, Pastor Phil, he's drank the Kool-Aid. Look at him. He's wearing a mask. And not only that, but he's matching his mask with his shirt. So now he's doing it with style. <laughs> I promise this is the only mask I've worn the whole time. And this is the only light blue shirt I have. It was purely accidental. Uh, but the truth is, we need to manage by facts. And part of the problem is uh, there has been so much misinformation, even within the medical community, in the last five months. Personally, less I have done an informal survey of I don't know how many medical professionals in our church primarily, uh, and, and have gotten really different answers on multiple occasions, even as uh, late as this last Sunday. Um, from you know, a couple of RNs. 
uh, one of which is very much a pro-mask and they work and we should keep doing it. And the other one was not nearly as, uh, as uh, strong in her belief about the necessity of wearing masks. Okay, so part of it is everybody knows somebody in the medical world. Everybody knows multiple people in the medical world and nobody's getting the same answer from, you know, everybody that they trust that ought to know. You couple that with the fact that since this began really back in March, the WHO has conflicted in a lot of information with the CDC. And so people just don't know who to believe, they don't know what to believe. And so I think it's really important that we have doctors in our own church that are in not only our community, but our church family, that certainly have the scientific mind and the data as well as the Christian worldview and the biblical belief system. And guys, that's why you carry a lot of credibility with me personally, is not only are you uh, medically minded, but you're Christian men that care deeply about the things that we all care about as Christians. And so, you know, where I'm at personally, you know, I care deeply about constitutional freedoms. Uh, and as Americans, we should care about our Bill of Rights. It's what makes American life unique in all of world history, and one of them most precious to all of us, whether you're a person of faith or not, ought to be the First Amendment, which is the right to gather, right to assemble, right to worship uh, without government intervention or discrimination. Uh, and a lot of people see this mask and wearing a mask and the mask mandate as an infringement on a constitutional freedom. And it's the sense that, well, if we give ground on this issue, what will they take next? And so here, here's the reality. I'm no constitutional attorney. Uh, I know constitutional scholars are arguing the constitutionality of the mask mandates right now, even as we speak. Uh, but, you know, we are the church that sued Jackson County for discrimination. Uh, and that was the hardest right decision we've ever made. I don't regret it. Uh, when our county officials are being discriminatory, whether maliciously or unwittingly, doesn't matter. Somebody has to call them out. Somebody has to hold our governing officials to governing lawfully. Uh, so it's not that we're just going to be steamrolled and let our government do whatever they want. Um, and uh, we weren't very popular with a lot of people in our city because of it. Um, we get blamed for churches opening up all over Jackson County. I don't regret it. I would do it again for the sake of the bride of Christ. But guys, here's the reality. If we shoot all of our bullets at anything that moves, and we empty the clip out of fear, and basically shoot at anything that moves, then we have no bullets left when we need them. And so for me personally, I am not going to shoot my bullets over a mask. Uh, one, I think the science says they do work. The science says that they do protect people from the spread of COVID. Two, for the sake of the gospel. I mean, this, this is a, there may be a constitutional issue here, but it's also a kingdom issue. And we are kingdom citizens before we are American citizens. So we have a job to do, and Jesus hasn't called a time out to it. And the job he's called us to do is advance the gospel in this age that needs the hope of Jesus more than ever. And so if that means I'm going to wear a mask, 
for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of sharing with another, my neighbor, who needs Jesus, then that's a small thing. And uh, whether I want to or not, I'm going to do it because I think it's the right thing for the gospel, um, whether it's constitutional or not. Which, by the way, you know, the state has mandated we wear seatbelts. They can write you a ticket if you don't. It's for our safety. Uh, can they mandate you wear a mask? I don't know. It seems like it's similar to me. Um, and, and I realize there's, there's a lot of people that feel like uh, there's more going on behind the scenes. And guys, there probably is. But the pandemic is real. I mean, this virus is real. It's not pretend. And, uh, and people do die from it. By the way, I'd, I'd cited a secondary source a few weeks ago. I actually had a colleague find out the survivability rate, and it was wrong. I want to make that right right now publicly. I'd said it was 98.8%. And uh, this is a time I should have done my own homework and didn't. I always regret it when I don't do my own homework. It's actually a 3.3% mortality rate. And so while I've said in the past, look, I think the hysteria and the panic does not fit the data, I still feel that way. At the same time, for the sake of the city and the sake of the people we say we love, living proof of a loving God to watching world, why wouldn't I wear my mask if that's what it says to our city? Hey, we care about you, not just our self-interest as Christians. Now, that's just me personally. That's where I'm at personally. That's Pastor Phil. People have a right to disagree on this one, and people will. I'm just, I'm just giving you where I'm at personally and what we're trying to do as a church family. Amen. Thank you for that, Pastor Phil. Okay, as we wind this up and finish part one here, I'm going to ask both doctors, Dr. McCune and Dr. White, we're going to call this on a sports theme, the two-minute drill. Each of you gets one minute to answer a question that you could spend an hour on. So I'll just sit there and let you squirm on that one, okay? All right, so... Dr. McEwen, we'll start with you. Share your perspective on being both a doctor and a Christ follower during this pandemic. Oh, good question. Well, all right. Lots of people right now are upset and anxious. And uh, you think about this thing that we have going on. We don't know when it, we don't, uh, we know when it started, but we don't know when it's going to end. So you think about it this way. Uh, the 23rd Psalm, you know, is maybe something to think about when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and when I want to run through it, and I can't, I have to walk. Just knowing that uh, and connecting with God on a daily basis helps give me peace, knowing that He provides for me, He leads me, He restores me, and He protects me. And uh, because of that, I could pass on the hope that I have with others. Mm, thank you. That's a great answer. Dr. White, same question. Um, this is a big game. I mean, this, this uses material that we got in medical school that we thought we would never use. This is, this is all out. Um, and it's, it, it, all the information's changing. It's like the platform moves. Uh, at the same time, as we're fighting the battle in the trenches, we've got these toothless chihuahuas of misinformation gnawing on our shins while we're trying to engage the enemy. And it's a little bit like the mission work that several of us doctors have done together. I tell people it's hard to tell um, who will go on a mission trip and who won't walk across the street to give a thirsty man a drink of water. Um, and, it, and, it, and it compares to this. I think about uh, John 15, 13 that says, uh, No greater love has any man than this, that he give his life for his friend. 
and we're not asking people to give up their life. We're not even asking them to turn off ESPN and unload the dishwasher. We're just asking them to wear a mask. Right, right. Well, doctors, thank you both so much for being here on the Abundant Life podcast. Thank you for your sacrifices, your hard work for protecting and taking care of so many people out there. And Pastor Phil, thank you as well for being here. And I love that you're my pastor. I love your heart. And I love that you stand up for Jesus and the Bible more than anything else in life. And I so appreciate that. Bless, love you, man. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank all of you for joining us on the Abundant Life podcast. Join us for our next episode for part two. We're going to be joined by Dr. Kevin Hubbard, who is an oncologist, and by Dr. Abe White, who is a comprehensive ophthalmologist. And we'll be also continuing our our conversation with Pastor Phil about this world which we live in, the medical perspective that we have as a Christ follower and and that mindset. So for more information about Abundant Life, you can visit livingproof.co or follow us on social media at Abundant Life LS. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you on the next episode.